You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. spend eternity. You get to choose where you spend eternity. God doesn't choose where you spend eternity. God takes your choice and he says, okay, he doesn't like it. If that's your choice, you get to choose where you spend eternity. Only you can decide. So I'm saying don't delay. Do not delay what God wants to do in you today. Do not delay what God is doing in your heart right now. God has given you free will. You alone get to choose where you spend eternity. In today's message from Pastor Dave, he encourages you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. Don't delay and put off the things that God is revealing to your heart. Today is the day for salvation. Will you choose to receive it? Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter nine as he continues his message, was blessed, now see. You are the creator of the universe, the, the, the wonderful savior of the world is standing before these people and saying, come, come to me. God is telling you right now, come today. Life stinks. Sometimes it's too much to bear. Sometimes it's just too heavy to bear. Jesus is saying, take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. Take it upon yourself. Give me yours. I'll carry it. What's it say in Hebrews? Laying aside the weight, laying aside the weight, it says, and the sin that so easily ensnares us, fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Fix our eyes on him because he's the one that carries the load for us. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in that. Get the stress removed. Here Jesus stands and he declares that what you need is to find the Father. And folks, I'm the way, Jesus says to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus clearly says, I'm the way. You want the tension relieved? You want the stress relieved? You want the pain relieved? You want to feel comfort, peace? Come to me. Come to me and let me take care of it. Come to me and you'll find rest for your soul. Oh, but no, we're so familiar with the mental torture. And that's what the soul means. He's talking about the mind. We're so used to the mental torture. We lay awake at night and we torture ourselves with the woulda, shoulda, couldas. What's going to happen? Oh my gosh, how am I going to pay that bill? How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to get a job? How am I going to do this? And we go around, we twist and turn and toss and turn all night long. There's a name for that, folks, besides crazy. Anxiety. We're riddled with it. Christ is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me, and I'll give you rest for your soul. It's a promise that Jesus has given us. I'm going to give you rest for your soul. I care for you. I love you. I died on a cross for you. I want to take care of you. Trust in me. And when we submit our life to Jesus, the first we experience is that peace. The heaviness is lifted. There's joy in our hearts. There's love everlasting. Love everlasting. It's interesting as we get back to the Gospel of John, verse 17, the man 
starts this progression. And I see a progression building here that's going to end next um, week. And this is a spoiler alert. The man becomes saved. Anyhow. Um, but in verse 17, look what it says. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? And he said, he's a prophet. Now look at the progression. Last week it was a man. A man came to me. This week it's a prophet. And pretty soon, in a couple more verses, he's going to be the man of God. There's a progression growing here, folks. He's coming into, his faith is growing, he's getting stronger, his eyes now clear can see Jesus for who he really is. His eyes are clear and he's starting to see spiritual things and he's being drawn closer and closer and closer to Jesus. Now, not all of us get saved just like that. Some of us, it's a process. You hear the word, the word works on your heart, the spirit works on your heart and eventually you come around. At least it happened for me. It didn't happen overnight. It, it was a process. So I see a process here with this man, a progression. This man is becoming more and more familiar with Jesus, and he's, he's coming into that. So the, the religious leaders have a problem. They have a problem believing this man, so what we're going to do is we're going to call the parents in. Let's look 18 to 23. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son? who you say was born blind, then how does he see? His parents answered him and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, the parents said, he is of age, ask him. The parents are called on the hot seat. The parents are called, called in front of the Sanhedrin, and they're standing there, and I'm sure they're looking down over their glasses at them, and their long rolls and crazy hats and their phylacteries all over their sleeves and stuff like that, and they're looking down on them. And they say, well, what about this guy? Is he your son? And how does he see? Parents are caught between a rock and a hard place, folks. They don't know what to say. They can't answer the question without getting into trouble. They don't want to get thrown out of the synagogue. That's serious stuff. For the Jew to be thrown out of the synagogue is serious stuff. A Jew that's thrown out of the synagogue can't pray to God. A Jew that's thrown out of the synagogue cannot witness or, or God's love or cannot experience God's love, cannot be with God's people. It's serious stuff. They don't want to be thrown out of the synagogue. They don't want to be excommunicated. So they answer the first question. Yes, he's our son. But the second question they don't answer. They struggled with the second question, so they said, um, uh, he's our son, he's of age, ask him. Uh, the old proverbial, pass the buck. I do it all the time. People ask me questions, I say, ask Mark. <laughs> pass the buck. That's what the parents are doing. The parents are saying, um, there he is, ask him. Yeah, that's it, ask him. Ask him. So look what happens. In verse 24, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. Now, first of all, you say, give God the glory. You're thinking, well, maybe, maybe they're coming around. Give God the glory sounds like they want to praise God. Oh, yeah, give God the glory. No, what it means is swear by God. This is an oath. Swear to God. Swear to God. This man's a sinner. This man's a sinner. But look how prejudicial their judging is. They already made up their minds. He's a sinner. We know this man's a sinner. They were warning the man, you need to cooperate and tell us what we want to hear. How many of you ask questions, and when you don't get the answer you want to hear, get angry? 
You ask questions to hear the answer you want to hear. Oh, that's, yeah, that, that agreed. Okay, yeah, I'm good with that. They think we're angry at this question, this answer. Everything will be okay with you, buddy, if you see things our way. You can say in the, in, in the temple, if you do things the way we want you to. I like that. I love the beggar. I, got, I like this guy. This guy's pretty cool. He doesn't move. And he doesn't move from his stance. And his answer he gave is precious. Look at verse 25. He answered and said, whether he, talking about Jesus, is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Oh, man, you got to love that verse. What he was saying to those guys, he said, hey, guys, all your theology, all your intellect, that means nothing to me. I don't know if this man's a sinner or not. That's for you to decide. You guys are the spiritual ones. But let me tell you what I do know. Let me tell you the one thing I do know. I was blind. For a long, long time, I was blind. But guess what, folks? I can see now. I can see now. I'm blind, but I can see now. This guy had been blind since birth. We're not told his age, but we realize it was a long time. Can you imagine? He has seen nothing but darkness for years and years and years. He doesn't know anything about the conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees. And guess what? He don't care anything about the conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees. But he knows one thing. He knows one thing. He was blind, but now he sees. He knows that one thing, and I love that about that. So a man came out of nowhere, spit on the ground, made some clay, slapped it on my eyes, told me to go to wash in the pool of Siloam. I went, I washed, and I see. He doesn't need to know anything else, man. This guy is on cloud nine, seeing. I was blind, but now I see. So many of us think, oh, man, I need a glorious testimony. I need a testimony. You know, I've seen some of your testimonies. They're about 85 pages, you know. Listen to this guy's testimony. Here's the guy's testimony right here. Yeah, I was blind, but now I see. What did Jesus do for you? He opened my eyes. I was blind, but now I see. One of the best testimonies you can give is what Jesus did for you. How Jesus took you from blindness, from darkness, from the pit of hell. How Jesus took you from degradation and sin and brought you into his marvelous kingdom. It's one of the greatest, greatest witnesses can ever be. I was once blind. But now I see. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'm not downing testimonies that they're needed and they're good. The word of our testimony is, is important. But go back to John Newton's quote. I'm not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. And I'm not what I hope to be. But I'm not what I used to be. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. I was blind to the things of God. I'm talking about Dave Shank. I was blind to the things of God for a long time. Over 43 years, I was blind to the things of God. I didn't want God in my life. I did everything I could to keep God out of my life. I did everything I could to walk away from him. I didn't want him. I was blind to spiritual things. I was blind to the ways of God. I didn't want him. But then Jesus came along, and he opened my eyes to spiritual things, and everything's changed. Everything has changed. It's been a glorious thing. The man didn't know everything about Jesus when many of us are saved, we don't know everything about Jesus. I still don't know everything about Jesus. I'm still learning. But I do know he opened up my eyes to spiritual things. I do. This man knows that he was blind, and now he sees. It's an irrefutable argument. They can't deny it. Here's the man, eyes open, seeing color for the first time, seeing people for the first time, seeing his parents for the first time. How do you refute that? The psalmist in Psalm 19 which, by the way, speaks, the entire psalm speaks about the word of God, says this in Psalm 19, verse 17 and 18. 
Psalmist says, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law. I love that. Open my eyes. The psalmist recognizes that without the enlightenment of God, without God's enlightenment, he can't not only see the word of God, but he can't understand the word of God. I don't know if I jump real loud, she'll jump. <laughs> Has to know. He says, I can't read your word, Lord. I can't understand your word unless you enlighten my eyes. Unless you open my eyes to the things of God, I can't read your word. I can't see your word. This reminds us that it's not the word that needs to change. We don't need new revelations of God. We need eyes to see the existing revelation of God. I don't need new eyes. I need the eyes I have to see what God wants me to see. And for that, I need Jesus to open my eyes. I need Jesus to open my eyes. He didn't need those new eyes. He needed to see the things of God. Likewise, we need to have our eyes open to the things of God. Those Pharisees are relentless, you know. Those Pharisees are tough. Look at verse 26 back in, God, back in John. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? And how did he open your eyes? <laughs> They're asking him again one more time. This guy's got to say, what, are you kidding me? How many times do I have to tell you? How many times do I have to tell you what happened? And he does again in verse 27. He answered him, I told you already, but you did not listen. Duh. You weren't listening. Why do you want to hear it again? And I love this. Do you want to become his disciples? <laughs> I can imagine how red their faces got when he said this. I'm surprised you didn't read where they tore their clothes because that means total disgust. When you read in the Bible that a king or someone tears their clothes, it means total disgust. It was clear. The man had to read his sight. They couldn't deny it. But it says they reviled him. They reviled him. How filthy is that? They reviled him. Once again, the Pharisees are put into a corner and they come out like real men. Oh, yeah? Coward? Yeah, they started calling names. You know, they came out like real men and argued by calling names and saying horrible things. They reviled him. Let's finish out the scripture. Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple. We are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we don't know where he is from. Yeah. The man answered and said, why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, and yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God he does, he does, and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they said to him, you are completely born in sin, and you are teaching us, and they cast him out. Interesting, how many times did Jesus tell them where he was from? How many times did Jesus said he was the one sent from the Father? How many times did he was told them, but they didn't believe? Their prejudicial attitudes, their, 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 their disbelief, their pride got in the way. Oh, they were sure about Moses. Well, the curious thing about this is, is that Moses was hundreds of years before them. But they were sure of Moses. Here the Son of God is standing right before them, and they're not sure of him. How blind can they be? How blind can they be? It's a sad note. These people were intellectuals. They were spiritual scripture hounds. They studied the words of God. If they'd have known God's word, they would have believed Moses and they would have known Jesus Christ. Isaiah himself prophesied three times that the Messiah would open the eyes of the blind. Yet these men who thought they knew God, thought they could see, were spiritually blind. 
Their pride blinded them. Their prejudicial attitudes blinded them. They were blinded by their unbelief. They had the theory, and it didn't even work. Show me and we'll believe. When Jesus says, believe and I'll show you. And here they had proof, and they still didn't believe. I couldn't explain it. It never happened before in Israel or ever happened before in the world, the man says. You're the intellects. You're the smart guys. You tell me. You notice how this blind man's journey of faith is continuing? He met a man who put clay in an eye, told to go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went, he washed, and he saw. Now he calls the man a prophet. And next thing he calls them, this man of God, he becomes a man of God. This process is moving, folks. And again, spoiler alert, the man receives Jesus Christ real soon. The religious leaders acted true to form. You know, you can pretty peg them pretty well. They're always going to do what they think is right. They threw the guy out of the temple. Get out of here. They threw him out. They resulted in name-calling once again. You're a sinner. Get out of the temple. These bigots wouldn't face the facts. Their minds were made up. If the, if the Pharisees had honestly looked at Christ and even taken the time to even possibly believe that he could be who he says he is, Something would have happened in their hearts. But they chose not to. We, too, were like the blind man. We were like the blind man. At least I was. I was hopeless and helpless. And then Jesus came and called me on the phone. Isn't the Lord great? He is wonderful. He is so wonderful. We were just like the blind man. At least I was. I was helpless. I was hopeless. You know, I'm thinking that some of you in here today might be like the blind man. You might even be Christians. You might even have had a born-again experience, but you might be like the blind man. Somehow your spiritual eyes have been clouded. Somehow your vision of the Lord has been tarnished by the weight of the world, by the circumstances of your life, by the various things that's happening to you. You know, we were all born blind, because we were born into sin by that nature, by Adam. Because sin is a reality of life, folks. It's a reality of life. But there are still two categories. Those who have been healed of the spiritual blindness, but those who remain and can't see Jesus like the Pharisees. Because for some reason, their eyes are veiled. Jesus brought the blind man out of darkness into the marvelous light. And friends, he wants to bring you out of there too. He wants to take you from that darkness that is so easily around you. He wants to take you out of that darkness. He wants to place you into his marvelous light. And he wants to declare to you the glories of God. He wants to declare to you the wonders of God. He wants to declare to you the love of God. He wants you to realize that what happened on that cross truly happened there, and it happened for you. And the only way to Christ is through that cross right there. There's no other way you can get there. You've got to go through that cross to get to Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying today. Open your eyes that you might see the wondrous things of God. Open your eyes that you might see God looking at you saying, come unto me. Here I am. Come now. Come now. Don't choose to reject him. Do not choose to reject him. Time is too short. Do not choose to reject him. The Pharisees always rejected him because they found fault. They found this, they found that. You can find fault with anything. You can find fault with this church. You can find fault with me. There's 100,000 reasons why you might want to leave the church. I think of them every single day why I want to leave. All kinds of things. But God is telling you something. God is telling you something. Don't find fault. Find Christ. Let Christ open your eyes. 
Let Christ show you his love, his marvelous things. Look at the evidence around you. Look at the evidence around you, the people you know, the people you love that have accepted Christ. Look at their lives, how they've changed. They once were this way and now they're not. They're this way. Why? Because Jesus opened their eyes. Jesus opened their eyes and gave them sight, spiritual sight. And he wants to do the same for you. And I know some of you out there are blinded. You're blinded, not because you want to, but because the cares of the world have just pummeled upon you. And you're blinded. And you want to see so badly. Lord, I want to see you. And you pray that. Lord, I want to see you. I want to see you high and lifted up. I want to see you. But the ways of the world, the circumstances of your life, and all these things are cluttering your view. Christ says, get rid of them. Let me have them. So you can see me clearly. I love you so much. Let me see you. But some people will continue to walk in that darkness. And folks, my friends, my brothers and sisters, some of you were walking on dangerous ground. Dangerous ground. But the Spirit of God has revealed Christ to you today. And the Spirit of God has revealed the Father to you today. To turn your back on Him now would be senseless. But some might still reject. A choice must be made. Do not respond like the Pharisees. Do not respond by rejecting him today. Maybe he's spoken to your heart today. Maybe he has convicted you and convinced you. Maybe he wants to open your eyes. Maybe you've never been born again. And today is the day of salvation. Maybe you've been struggling with all the things that have happened to you. And you need to come back to Christ. You need to have him take the scales off your eyes that have grown there. That you've allowed to be fixed there. Come to him. Cast your cares on him. Take his yoke on you. Give him your heavy burden. Allow him to give you rest for your souls. Allow him to do the things that he wants to do in your life. Jesus is coming today. He's standing right here before you today. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me. Let me take the clay out of your eyes. Let me wash you with the water of my word. Let me love you like you've never been loved before. Let me show you the way. Let me show it to you. You know, there's one thing and one thing only that you get to do. You get to choose where you spend eternity. You get to choose where you spend eternity. God doesn't choose where you spend eternity. God takes your choice, and he says, okay. He doesn't like it. But if that's your choice, you get to choose where you spend eternity. Only you can decide. So I'm saying don't delay. Do not delay what God wants to do in you today. Do not delay what God is doing in your heart right now. The tingling in your heart, God's showing you something. God's saying, draw nearer to me, and I'm going to draw near to you. Cast your cares to me because I care for you. What's God saying to you right now? It's something important. I can feel it. I know something's happening. It may be in each one of you. Don't delay. Someone's going to ask you one day. Someone's going to come to me and go, what happened to you? Why did you change? You're so different than what you used to be. You're not the same person you used to be. What happened to you? And you're going to say, once I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.